I think it was the theologians who first started the idea, later the philosophers took it over, and now some of the scientists are doing the same. What you are comes out in what you do. You see the point? Out of ourselves and into Christ, we must go. This is Chats Under the Sun with Jacob Volk. I hope you enjoy the conversation. You use a Yeti mic? Yeah, I have it right there. Cool. cool. Warren, we are recording. Hello, Jacob. How are I, you? Oh, I'm so good. Good yeah. to talk with you. It's always a pleasure. You know, it's kind of odd being in a podcast when you listen to so many of them. Yeah. I already find myself thinking like, oh, you should mimic all the voices that you hear. Who? You, you know how I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, uh, what's your favorite podcast? Uh, well, the most honest answer is that that varies. Sure, sure. Um, there's the uh, the cycling podcast I absolutely love, but that's only really good podcasts when the Grand Tours are going. Uh, for most of is the it, year, is that's it, not the case. <laughs> is it actual cyclers who are doing it, like as an, or is it like commentary? Like, is it professional to talk, or is it people who comment on professionals? There's three guys uh, with great accents, uh, different various European accents, and they're quite a humorous bunch, and they they really bring. Um, as only they could, honestly, I think, bring a 21-stage, 21-day race to life for you. And I like mm. to just sit back at the end of the day and just kind of listen to them, hash it out, make fun of each other for their poor predictions and uh, the interview riders and stuff like that. But, right, right. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Cool. We're, uh, we're doing something pretty crazy. It's funny you started talking about biking. <laughs> we're planning... Actually, should we talk about this yet? Uh, I don't know if we have to keep I it on the DL know. until it um, until it comes out. Yeah, don't okay. know. we only have uh, so much time, right? So yeah. uh, if you get me started well, on this subject, uh, yeah, I think um, I think Aaron needs to talk to Word and Deed, and like make sure we're all we're all good with that before we have like the final details out there. So we probably should leave it for now. Word and Deed cycling connected. Ooh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Be that's interested. A, that's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that in the podcast. Jesse had a really good idea, mm-hmm. actually. Um, he wants to have all the boys after we finish mm-hmm. to come together and we'll do one like mega podcast afterwards and like talk about it, whether we failed or succeeded. It'll be very interesting. We'll, uh, we'll deal with that later. Failed or succeeded, even more foreshadowing. Yeah, this will be good. Um, we'll get to that. You are building a boat, which is one I of the know. reasons why I want to come talk to you. We started talking about it earlier and then I was like, no, 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 hold up, hold up. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh that's good material. Because yeah, I, like... I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I know... Well, we've both talked about boats forever. Yes. And yeah. you're actually, you went the route of of building one and not buying one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How's it going? Um, honestly, if I showed you what I had right now, you would be not that impressed. And it would be hard for me to tell you how many hours I put into it and not blush a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because... Uh, the work that I've put in, which is mainly uh, tracing panels, cutting panels out... Uh, mm-hmm. It's a plywood 15-foot sailboat, and uh, the beginning stages are pretty pretty mundane. It's a lot of measuring on plywood sheets and cutting them out and not messing up, double-checking everything. It takes a long time, but I'm pretty happy with the assorted panels I've collected. Sure. Um, strewn about my parents' barn under different weights to keep them flat. Yeah. What's um, How much money 
is it costing in materials? Because I know right now, like wood is extremely expensive, like it in the is. construction industry. Yeah, right? yeah. So what's that setting you back? Well, I decided not to skimp on the plywood. I bought uh, Okumi plywood, which is it's a type of African mahogany. Now, just the sound of that for most people should know that that that's expensive. Like, you hear mahogany, ooh, you hear African, you African mahogany, and you wouldn't be wrong. You know. Um, <laughs> Those sheets, I bought uh, six sheets of those from a distributor in Toronto uh, probably a month and a half ago. And, yeah, they sent me back at least a grant. Six sheets of plywood. Probably actually a little bit more because the fiberglass and even the epoxy. Everyone talks about epoxy being so expensive. And it probably will be once I realize how much I'm going to waste as I go. Yeah. Um, but compared to the plywood at this point... It, it's it's negligible <laughs> gotcha but the good thing is with this boat that's the that's pretty much the lion's share of the cost after that uh i have some small timber framing i'll have to buy some quality wood when i make the mast but uh hmm. i think that's it's possible that was already 50 percent of the cost but nice that's why probably an understatement <laughs> why why are you about why are you building a boat it's it's especially because like I was talking to one to a buddy of mine who who's really into sailing, and apparently Ontario is one of the best places to buy a boat, because like oh now you tell me <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like the I I don't know there's there's a lot of lakes around so people enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy sailing and then you know they just try and offload them when they're done so if you go in Kijiji you can find a lot of um expen what was expensive boats for pretty cheap so why would you go to the route of building one and not you know buying one. Fair, fair. Uh, there's, believe me, I thought about this for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, there, well there's um, way a... before I thought of ever building a boat, I realized there's so many negatives about why I wasn't going to buy a boat. Um, first off, I wanted something that was exactly tailored to my needs. Now, obviously, right. it's it's a go figure. Like, if you're building your boat, you can pick a design. Mm-hmm. There's so many designers out there that you can build exactly to what you need. And so this is interesting. You're not you're not creating the design for this. No, you've, no you way. Found. Okay. I, I like to think that's a, a sign that there's hope for my arrogance. <laughs> if I was as arrogant to design my own boat and that be the first boat I ever build, like, and think yeah. that was a good idea, you know? <laughs> I wonder if there's an industry in, like, I mean, clearly there are people who build boats for a living, but are there, like, Gucci boat designers? Like, guys who are just yeah. rolling in millions and all they do is design, like, like they're like like yeah, the not boot- fifteen foot dinghies, right? Like, but like oh yeah, yeah. Like the guy who and- the guy who designs Bugatti. Are there Dude, is there a version of me? him who designs boats? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's yachts that you know Bugatti is. That's like pocket change to these guys who who <laughs> makes these yachts. Like that this is nothing. Like they would have some of those Bugattis just in the storage of the yacht yeah. just for heck. Just, like, these these are multi billionaires. They buy yachts just for the heck of it. And these right. designers just hold nothing back. Yeah. Like, it's all about competing with and outdoing any other guy out there. Yeah. Um, now, actually, I could go back a little bit and tell you some of the other reasons why I decided to... Hit me. Some of the more important reasons. I mean, it was nice to meet all my criteria, but I'm sure if I looked hard enough. But I think when you build a boat, um, something goes into that boat that you can't obviously replicate with something that you buy there's a love you know every single part of it you know why it's there what Mm -hmm. it does and so 
I mean, you can just read The Man in the Sea, The Old Man in the Sea, or Dude, any of the other anyway. really good books out there about a guy in a boat. And I know that's actually about the old man and his fish, but I remember thinking about the boat a lot. <laughs> and I mean, what kind of strain is this boat going under? Now the old man might even know. He might have built this boat, but he would have an intimate feeling of what it can handle, what it can take. And I want that same sort of feeling. Right. Knowing every single epoxy joint, every single wood like how that wood joins mm. to that if i see it flex in a certain way i say you know don't worry about that um but also the used boats out there you could get one um in only like half decent shape at you know the 15 foot range for like five thousand dollars to be honest and it's just like a a fiberglass hunk whereas i can build an actually quality plywood boat for around the same amount of money just yeah. mostly time right and the other benefit is um I'm hoping to use this as a, a method to to bring me closer to my family, uh, yeah. be around the house a lot because it's in my it's in my parents' barn, um, and then I can uh, keep my relationship tight with my with my dad, especially who's out there a lot. This yeah. gives me a great reason to be in his space and uh, to build relationship with him, and you know, ask sure. him his opinion on things and say, hey, "What do you think about that?" Yeah. He 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 loves that, and it's it's good for us. Um, and also just have other other guys over, other lads, and say, hey, you want to mm -hmm. spend a night with me doing something that would, you know, fiberglassing seams that are be really boring otherwise, but, you know, we could do it together, and we'll just chat, and before you know it, the job's done. Yeah. So those are some of my reasons. Yes. Yeah. And that's a good thing to, that's something definitely I consider, and a lot of my peers consider, is like, when you're approaching a hobby, um, how can you, like, double up on its... Uh, yeah, it's yeah, return, right? Yeah. So it's like not only are you building a boat and all of the, you know, useful skills or whatever that you're gonna learn from that, mm -hmm. and you'll have a boat, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah. if you can if you can use that as an opportunity to build to like continue relationships, then you're killing. Birds yeah, yeah. And I'm getting a bit of a physical workout for some. Well, not that much, but uh, just using my hands, using my creativity. Because even with the design, there's a lot of room for stuff that you really got to think through yourself. You're not spoon fed at all. Right. Right. Um, and with my office job, I do a lot of brain processing at work and mm -hmm. stuff, but here I can, uh, put my brain and my hands to work and, and, you know, nurture that, that skill and that talent that God's given me too. So nice. When's it done? And are you going to finish oh, don't it? Ask that question. Cause that's, that's the thing, right? It's, it's all, uh, I this will is, finish it. You're gonna finish I'm it. not going to put a date on it. Um, my dad would love if I put a date on that. I know. Yeah. Talking about, oh, it's so nice to build a relationship. Well, that's me talking. I'm sure he appreciates it, but he loves his barn <laughs> space too, right? Um, my goal is end of summer. This summer? Uh, not done, but like rowboat status. And sure. I could paint the hole so that I could conceivably store it upside down outside. But right. that means I still have... You know, mast, spars, uh, r I mean, rigging's not that, that's nothing really, it's just an additional step. Sail, like, I don't want to build my sail, but you know, we'll see when we get there. I might feel more competent than I than I am right now to do that. But. So is sail. Yeah, it's actually not that complicated. Really? It's just like everything else I've researched about these boats is, yeah. the processes aren't as complicated as they look um from a macro level right and then when you really dig in it's just like oh that's not that hard sure <laughs> just do it <laughs> yeah well i would imagine i don't know i don't build boats Wait, but i know I, do i owe nike some money now i just use their cash line nike? just do it just yeah there we go 
Um, I don't have a brand deal, uh, brand sponsorship deal with Nike. Oh, okay. That'd be fun if I could get. Yo, did you hear? Um, I wish I could look this up. Uh, little Nas, Little Nas X, whatever his name is. He, um, he's he. I I don't know if Nike's suing him, but he came out with a or if it was in partnership with Nike, I'm not sure. But he came out with a a line of sneakers that was like six 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 sneakers that have a drop of human blood in them and they sell for over a grand it's the craziest stunt i don't know who who signed that or what that works that was so strange it's a little bit hilarious (laughs) maybe those are the group everyone who buys those sneakers that's that's what revelations is referring to what do you think the number of the beast now or are you saying six 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 six, six, it it is the number of the beast yeah (laughs) yeah i um man i have no idea how to interpret revelations well i have some idea the revelation um i think a lot of it has to do with are we going into that i don't know well okay Here's the thing. if we go into that clearly neither of us know i haven't brought my my rock climbing equipment if we go down that abyss <laughs> we can leave well, i can't get back yeah, out once we go <laughs> the pro- yeah the problem with either of us diving into revelation is we don't know what we're talking about right yeah i have not studied this i don't book. know if it's a problem as long as we acknowledge that first sure. <laughs> no there's there's not much to to say really apart from like a lot of it is in the context of like the fall of jerusalem right in mm-hmm. I think it was 70 ad so it's like a lot of it is dealing with that but apart from like i'm pretty sure looking at like the various catastrophes that happen like, I've heard some people be like, you know, there's locusts and, like, a tank. It's kind of like a locust when you think about it. So that's referring to World War II, and it's like, ah. Oh, don't, yeah, I don't know if we we'll go there, but. Yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> like, if you're trying to link specific things. With well, specific just think events. about uh, how the Pharisees, you know, they knew their scriptures, right? They they knew what the, the Messiah was supposed to be. They knew who mm. it was supposed to be, the characteristics. They'd read the scriptures. They could quote it. But, I mean, they picked out what they wanted to see, right? right? They right. just... They, you know, I don't want to see humble and gentle like a servant. Okay. Well, that's, I'm probably just not interpreting that properly. Yeah. So maybe that's something else, but mm-hmm. that's not the Messiah. Or if it is, it's not the way Christ was when they came face to face with right. him, right? Yeah. So I look at Revelations kind of that way, knowing, okay, we're probably as ignorant in many ways as the Pharisees were mm-hmm. of trying to find out who the Messiah was. Right. Um, yeah. I'm a... I'm doing acts uh, with my men's Bible study for church. And uh, one of the things that, that hits me is like, I think it's an acts two, where, you know, Jesus is about to ascend uh, for the ascension and the uh, apostles are like, so Lord are now, are you going to return the kingdom? (laughs) And it's like, boys still, they still don't get it, which is comforting. I suppose in some regards, like they were, you know, they were the apostles. They were like the founders of the church and they were still really blind in so many ways. Oh. Even while they were, even while they launched like what would become, you know, Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had a lot of growing up to do. Just just like us, right? Um, my pastor had an excellent, uh, excellent sermon on this the other day. There's actually a series of chapters in, in Matthew, right? Back back-to-back, basically, that addresses who's the greatest, right? Yeah. And Christ addresses, you know, the least will be the greatest in in many ways. And then right after one of these parables, um, you know, the mother of her, of her two sons who are the apostles, and goes, um, 
Jesus, who of these, like, can these two sit at your right and your left, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, mm-hmm. and to us, we roll our eyes. It's It's been, you know, right. the whole Gospels, the whole Old Testament, the New Testament's been rolled out to us, explained to us, you and I, since birth, really. Yeah. Uh, so we would just like, oh, come on, right? Yeah. How many? Like, we would have done the same thing. Yeah. I am, and, and Christ, man, the patience. Yeah. How? Right? You know, he doesn't snap, um, but he does say, like, no. It's you, like... You're just wrong. Christ, Christ suffered and lived everything in the world for us. And one of those things was having to deal probably with the apostles. And they're just, like, mm-hmm. complete wrong-headed assumptions on, like, what he came for. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you know, like... And Peter's all like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't. Like, he's aghast. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, as we would be too, if one of our friends said to the pastor, hey, can I be your your right-hand guy? We'd be like, what the heck, man? Like, you can't be doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, be humble. But at the same time, part of it's like, I'm kind of peeved that I didn't think of that first. Or we could have done that together. Yeah. You know? And how much of that was going through Peter's mind, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But Yeah. It would be really... Like, both of us have been taught the Bible from, like, before we could learn, like, before we knew words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could have the experience. God, yeah. yeah, which yeah, is, which I, is I, I almost awesome. can't hear that and not tell say that, you know. Yeah, super grateful for that. But Most I, of my life, I didn't appreciate how awesome that was. Yeah, especially when you were, like, you're so, you almost, in some ways, and you can't take this for granted, but in some ways, you know more than you realize, you know? You know, the stories have been so entrenched in yeah, our minds yeah. for so long and even so connected many... together yeah mm-hmm. but i really i wish i could experience what it's like to to like dive into the bible as an adult for the first time mm-hmm. and and kind of like get a like a fresh like a genuinely new experience of all of these like stories and kind of like grapple with like peter cutting off the ear of um the servant and then like Jesus healing. We hear that story. It's like, yeah, Peter was kind of gung ho. Cut off the ear of uh, of this high priest's servant. I think it was him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then Jesus heals him, and he gets taken back, and then he you know gets nailed on the cross Peter's for like, sins. Christ, and... look, I, I did a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was prepared. <laughs> yeah, and and like you grab like that's a crazy story when just thinking that Christ is that the passage where he calls where he comments on having legions of angels. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. He basically says to them, you know, guys, I don't need your help. If I wanted to, I could be out of this. I, I could call them legions yeah, of yeah. angels to deal with this. Yeah. Now, it's funny you say that. I think um, I wouldn't say that myself. You, uh, I can see what you're saying mm-hmm. um, because I, I just enjoy seeing it in the faces of those who are coming to Christ. And I think that's something I didn't grow up around seeing. Yeah. And so seeing it and walking it with other people, quite frankly, is enough for me. It encourages me so much. And honestly, it gives you it gives you their lens to see through. But you don't yeah. have to deal with the uh, the gut-wrenching ripping that has to accompany <laughs> that for them. For sure. them to take their old worldview and rip it asunder and say, okay, I need to come up with something. Rad- I have to surrender everything to this Lord. Yeah. And it, it's really nice for me to be like, I struggle with that daily, obviously, but I've been 
you know, my hand has been to that plow for as long as I can remember. This is the natural progression of my life. For them, it's like U-turn, fighting against the storm. God's giving them the power. And you see the excitement, but also you see so much pain. You know, they built up relationships. They built up a life trajectories already right and some of them have to get ripped down and some of them will take years and years and some of them may even last the rest of their lives it's so entrenched in them Uh and and by god's grace he'll save them anyways but um to be able to come alongside them i think i would choose that any day yeah did you have a see because i agree with you right but Mm. in some ways I, I feel like I had that experience mm-hmm. in, in for me it was in 2018 right that was sort of a that was that probably forever will be the most important year of my life yeah that's I think that's when we cemented our friendship that makes yeah, sense yeah <laughs> and uh for for a variety of reasons but um or after that but yeah 2018 was a year where like I went through an immense amount of pain I was in advertising and you know my plans basically at that that, basically at that point was to become you know one of the most you know competent creatives in toronto and and i just spent you know that was like for the beginning part of 2018 it was just a process of sitting in the train pouring over my bible going like what the heck am i doing with my life Mm -hmm. and and I, i remember one moment really distinctly i was going i was going to work um and i saw like a homeless dude chilling uh at union station and i looked and at you him talked to him so let's, let's put a name to him no i didn't i didn't <laughs> talk to him though. um but i and i i stopped him like hey i should sit down and talk with him and mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. to him about christ and you know something i tried to start doing like really badly and i had to get to work on time mm-hmm. and i like i kept walking and i started crying and i'm like why am i going to to this job where Oh, and that's when I was working on a, um, they had assigned me a black transgender youth advocacy project. It was, it was really tough. And I was, I was doing the final brief compiling and putting together a video where they were going to submit it to some award shows. Advocacy for the despair that they must feel in being (laughs) encouraged to. I, I, I wish it was, it was, it was, it was put on by the city of Toronto. Actually, the agency that I was at was, we were working on that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I lost, I lost so much sleep because I'm sitting there going, like, I, at that point, I had started a habit of running downtown Hamilton, chatting with some homeless people, and just, just having fun, right? And talking to them about God. And then, so that was, like, my nights. And then my days were characterized by the most meaningless, useless waste of my time possible. And, well, and I was harsh. like, well, it was brutal. And then I was going through it. You, like, you a, could pick your nose and get big government <laughs> checks all day. I think it'd be worse. No, no, it's definitely worse. I was, I was putting like God gave me a level of creativity for which I'm grateful. Gotcha, I was putting yeah, that yeah. to work towards a cause that I think actively, actively hurt people. Him. Right? Yeah. I, I there's pretty much few things that I can think of that are more useless than that. Fair. Yeah. And, and and then I was dealing with a ton of like pain at that point, um, for reasons, girls, and I uh, and then and then it was. That was what, really how important. Many I had it. Are we in? Yeah. There it is. And, well, and then yeah. So for for me, it's like you know you're talking about sort of people coming to God and having to like do a massive deconstruction of their life. Mm-hmm. I you know I loved theology for years prior. I, I loved God. I don't mm-hmm. know if I loved God more than my career, and that makes all the difference. 
Mm-hmm. I love, you know, I like I like theology. I love Bible studies, chatting with the boys. But I still had to do a massive deconstruction of where my life was going. And mm-hmm. it's still do in a lot of ways, right? Like you, like I, I'll get into some little hobby or something and, mm-hmm. and I'll realize mm-hmm. like, hey, oh, you've, you've spent more time digging into this than you have cracking open your Bible mm-hmm. by like, like a factor of 10. Yeah, I, I see. think you, you I, know? constantly in my life I have to hold uh, the measure, you know, that I would, uh, I should be applying to myself. Uh, show me your, where you put your money and where you put your time and I'll tell you where you put your heart. Yeah. And just hold that measure against myself. Yep. And man. I'm uh, not there. So many times I come up wanting, probably, quite frankly, I'll always come up wanting. Yeah. But the idea is not to make that perfect. Only yeah. Christ can make that balance perfect. But... Yeah. To pursue it and yeah. actively pursue it and encourage others to as well. I mean, yeah. that's difficult, but uh, mm-hmm. especially because none of us can do it perfectly. Sure. I mean, Paul is so brave to say, you know, imitate me. Wow. Right? But <laughs> what guts, but yes. like Because his drive is fully in this direction, right? Yeah. The proper direction. He's not claiming perfection, but he is claiming, you know... Listen, my whole drive is to go this direction, yep. God's way. And, and we should all be dedicating mm-hmm. our entire lives in, in every aspect. I mean, even when I say, oh, dedicating our entire lives, people listening maybe just be saying, you know, oh, what, become a missionary, right. you know, go across the seas. Uh, no, I just mean every single interaction. I'm purposely, conv- I'm seriously convinced that every interaction you have with another human being has the ability to either reflect Christ more. Mm-hmm. or do the opposite, you know, yeah. dishonor his yeah. name. Be- for for what it's worth, mm-hmm. um, I think you of most of my friends are probably the one who manages to talk about Christ organically with strangers um, I don't know, than most. I don't know how that sentence worked out, but you, you know what I'm saying? I think right? we had two yeah. mosts in there, so I appreciate that. Um. Yeah, um, and, and that's inspiring. Like, Is I, it I, warranted? I, re- I don't know. <laughs> no, I respect that a lot. You you talk about your faith, and you talk about how real and important Christ is to you, to a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. either who don't know him or who are, like, learning to, to love him, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, and, and both of us did that at Roots a lot um, oh, yes, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. But... You do that still a lot here in Hamilton, and I respect that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's actually ironic you mentioned Roots. God recently called me back to that neighborhood. I'm now yeah. serving at a, a warming shelter um, where we give food. Uh, the help the homeless come in, and we I spend so many hours there. You know, I think it's one or two nights a week, um, just being with them. You know, just. Mm-hmm being humans with them sure um and roots is right across the road so yeah. sometimes i walk out and i i see it and i just i'm reminded of those nights and right. what god did there and and the way he shaped our hearts then. do you do you uh hang out with the same fam there same is people? some of the same people but honestly I, I don't know what it is but i find um people who who live in uh not even necessarily on the streets but in those kind of environments they'll wear always the same sort of thing so you get used to them in one Sure. One get up. Yeah, yeah. And then when you haven't seen them for a while and then you see them again and they're all in different things. I don't know. I can't I can't put my finger on who they are. Really? It's weird. There's a couple of them that stand out and but it's when I start digging into their lives and, and you know, find a time where we can just at a at a human to human level just share 
share our lives, our days, our struggles while they're eating. Or sometimes yeah. if, if it's a slow evening, I can eat with them as much as COVID allows me to yeah. and, and just share. And then I'll remember conversations or remember the voice. And I'll be like, ah, oh, this guy. Yeah. I remember this guy. I couldn't remember yeah. the name. Um, I think yeah, um, I've had that a lot. I think Ron... Ron's really snarky with this. As soon as he uh, gets someone's name, he'll like when when we go to Bill's house or whatever, we get yeah, someone's yeah. name and he'll be like, "Oh, adding them to the prayer list, whether they like it or not." And then he'll oh, yeah. he, and he writes down their name. And I, yeah, maybe, Ron Vischer's a gem. He's he's a solid <laughs> dude, and he'll he'll make an effort, and that's important, right? See, I have their names in my journal. I've right, I've so I've been journaling every single day for over two years now. They're all written down. Like I have every single name in there <clears throat> as they come up. And if someone's really impactful, what I do is I take a picture of them, like a profile pic, basically, yeah. uh, just them. And my plan is to make a collage and put that on like a cork board or something. And that'll be my prayer board right. with the names on the back. But I'll have to dig through sure. <gasps> now, some of are, these. Are you, because I love journaling. Mm-hmm. Like, with, like that is, it's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite topics. Um, you're in every day? Journal? Yeah, every single day. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Faithfully to it. You managed to get the time. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of days where I'll be, you know, I think probably the worst I had, it was like five, six days behind, okay. but it, I've, it's either because I forgot my journal and was on a work trip right? and I wrote it down on pieces of paper, okay. like short form. So I remember that yep. enough to trigger, you know, the whole memory, sure. you know, um, you know, as much as, you know, threw up and you remember the whole episode that went with that. Right. Yeah. That's I haven't thrown up in years, but maybe a bad example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can see how it works, <laughs> sure, right? Sure, sure. Um but yeah, I'll put down everything in there. I put my prayers in there. I put um uh my thoughts, really what I was feeling. Honestly, man, if you want to find out how much of a seesaw we as human beings are, uh-huh. journal every day and write what you're actually feeling. Dude. We are like unstable. I went um <laughs> I went through, I'm going right now through my 2018 journals. Because mm-hmm. um, that was like, there's there's months there where I'd put down like 10,000 words in the course of like a few weeks. Because mm-hmm. I was just thinking and, and wrestling through so many things. And you, you look back and it's like, I remember none of this. Like now I remember it because I'm reading it. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I don't, I haven't actively recalled this situation or this event in so long. Mm-hmm. And probably one of one of the biggest things that I do every year, and I, and I will, probably will do this to the day I die, is when I get to the end of the year, I'll take, uh, as, I'll carve out two or three hours a day for a few days to go back and skim through my journals of the past year, and and write a message to people who have been impactful to me over the interesting, year. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Um, let's say interesting. You got one of these messages. Yeah, yeah. As you say it, I remember. Oh yeah, so this right, this right, happened right. before. Um, but um, I hadn't but, really connected to this process. Right, right. So well, y- you've written me that, but I didn't know what was behind it. Yeah. You know? Well, here's what's crazy though is, is I 110% don't remember all of the cool stuff that we've done. So it's like so well, that we one got time some cool scars. Like that's why we get scars. <laughs> that was a good time. Well, we what did we do? We we probably shouldn't say how. There was some jumping locks. fences that are old and rusty will give you scars. Yes. But if your mom's a good seamstress mm-hmm. and she loves you, she can fix your your coat up brand new. Your humility stays down. But your for a while. skin doesn't quite heal as well as your coat does. Yeah. We um and I like that one trip that the little stunt that we did. Yeah. I totally forgot about that, right? And so reading through the journals allows me to compile like 
the top five instances with any given person that gotcha. I had over the year and yeah. then kind of like recall that in a, in a quick message to them saying, hey, hey, bro, I appreciate you. Remember when we did this, 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 and this, we had a baller year. Love you to bits. And that's pretty and, awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's one of the best exercises. Much better I've than had. a generic Christmas card. You know? 100%. And it's, <laughs> it's one of the best exercises I've found for gratitude because yeah, yeah. like I look back over the year, even if it was a rough year or, or you know, I say rough year as if any of my years are as bad as a lot of people. Have, yeah. We, li- we live in the Western world. Yeah. We have, right, it, right. We have it rough. Yeah. Sure. And I, I just, I can be like, I'm so grateful for all the people here. And, and for a few of my friends, like I was just like compiling the list, like crying. I was like, the the quality, right? The quality of people that you and I have access to Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And that's part of the reason why, like, I wanted... Man, I had to pray hard for that. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Part of the reason I wanted to start the podcast is because I have so many people like you Mm. who have just beautiful levels of quality and who love Jesus and we have great conversations all the time. Can they see the color red coming through my cheeks? This is just sound, right? <laughs> and it's a place for me to shamelessly well, thanks, flatter my man. friends on a, with a live mic <laughs> and have them try and respond with some pithy, uh, pithy statements. Well, let, let, let me tell you what I first thought of you when I met <laughs> you. Because you, I was, I, you said you threatened to tell the story, and I don't remember what it is. Uh, I don't remember. Because I don't know that I ever told you. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, so it's funny because the podcast I recorded with Owen uh a, a bit ago mm-hmm. i told the story of uh, just quickly of what i thought of him when i first saw him which is disgusting like this horrible thought <laughs> so this would be a little bit of karma uh if we believed in such things but okay hit me <laughs> i think it was not i think i know it was in beamsville at the conversations cafe and either i played guitar there <laughs> at night or i was there supporting someone who was i can't remember but you were there and you had on your head a hat that looked like a monkey. Um, and you're exuberant about pretty much everything. You know, wow, look at this sugar cube. Wow, look at this coffee. Wow, uh, look, at, look at the stars. Jake, you can't see the stars. We're, like, inside, you know? Yeah, but imagine if you could see them through the room. You know, that sort of thing. And you can imagine how me as a, a, a lot more judgmental there. I've been working on that, but probably still judgmental. Um and I remember looking at you going, like, what is this guy's deal? Like, come on. Like, has he ever thought of, like, trying to be cool? <laughs> like, I think he thinks about something. He's wearing what looks like a monkey on his head. Dude, it was like For, a, it was a sock puppet monkey hat. Oh, trust me. I, I can got, still see it. That I got from OCC, the, the choir camp I volunteered Oh, at, so much cooler. From, yeah. like, a skit that I played where I was playing a little child. And I decided to wear worse. that. I decided to wear that to uh, a cafe for some reason. Yeah, and see, the problem I think I had with it at the time, which I, I mean, now I would be like admiring of it probably, but at the time I thought, and he thinks he's pulling it off. I was pulling it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew you were convinced of that. Um, and for a while, um, one of my good friends was there with me, and I just. I couldn't. I think I could remember your name, but I just referred you as sock monkey guy or monkey head guy, monkey hat. I I don't know something like that, right. kind of derogatory. And I remember the time when you and I were becoming actual friends, and he was oh who are you hanging out with? I was oh the sock monkey guy. Well, Jacob Falk, you know. He's like, oh, that guy. Or when I would say your name, he would be like sock monkey guy. Why, why are you hanging out with him? I was like. 
you know, I wasn't brave enough to say, oh, softening of the heart, you know, like seeing people for people. Um, every human has something to contribute. Even sock monkey guys. Even sock monkey guys. <laughs> Don't worry. My uh, opinion of you has much increased since that point, though I wasn't a fan of your last hairstyle, but again, love the confidence Ooh. now more Ooh. than before. It looks Ooh. great now. Yeah. yeah well, because it's normal. When I had my hair long, you're saying? I think it was long with the beard at the same time. Yeah. That, looks, that was no, a little no, no. Much. I never had that. I never mm. had long with the beard. That's straight homeless. I chopped the hair and then I grew the beard. Straight homeless. See, that's not an insult to me. <laughs> I love my homeless fam too. <laughs> Go ahead. But Go you on. have to admit, Bruce looks uh, looks pretty scary sometimes. Oh, I freaking miss Bruce. Yeah, he doesn't I haven't up. seen him much, actually. I gotta. That's a good reminder. I gotta check up on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish I... I don't know if I still have that hat. I think I lost it when I moved out. And then moved back in, but it was it was a good uh, it was a good relic. Mm-hmm. And so shall it be gone forever. Mm. I, mean, I mean, you talk about girl issues. The one time there, <laughs> boy, I could have helped you out some years ago, but <laughs> oh my word, good times, good yeah. times. What up? the first time I met you was this before? Would this or... not be the same time? Was this before or after Bad Boots Months? Uh, this was I assume, that was before. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember meeting you there at all, actually. Yeah, because I wasn't wearing an animal on my head. You would have remembered <laughs> me if I had a giraffe wrapped around my neck. That would have been we would have been inseparable then, if we both had uh, uh, stuffed animals as apparel. Let's not go back in time and replay that. <laughs> I'm glad the way it turned no. out. No. But yeah, probably boots most. Yeah, good times. Good times. It was good times. I, I, yes, that's when I actually, your character grew a lot in, not in my eyes in a good way. I just remember you. <laughs> I, I, I must convince, I remember you talking a lot there, very opinionated and very authoritatively about things that I thought no one could possibly know that much at I our ages about these didn't. things. And I actually remember thinking, this is probably how I sound. <laughs> So yeah. I should probably shut it more. Um, I I'm, I think both of us serve as pretty good mirrors of each other for regard. what not to do. Yeah, in many ways. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure of that. Like I, yeah, <laughs> which is good, right? I mean, have have people who are honest enough with you and who are maybe similar enough with you. I don't know. I don't know if that's there's, a good thing there's to pros do. and cons with every yeah. sort of relationship. You know, differences are great. Um, yeah. Similarities are great for a different reason, right? Um, hmm. There was another thing you wanted to talk about. Um, was it how do you you kind of articulated a little bit finding value in in people? Yeah, yeah. And you um, had sort of you have a you have a thought process about that. Yeah, and it's not super deep. Um, it's just what Scripture teaches. Um, the way Christ looked at everyone. He saw every human being as worth the same as every other human being. Right. As worthy of, of honor because they were created in the image of God. Um, in a way, the world does kind of push this same narrative on us, but in a different way. Because I think their problem is they say, you know, you should love everyone. But their problem is they don't have a good definition of what love is. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. Um and love is difficult to understand, even with the scriptures, to be honest. But mm-hmm. uh, self-sacrifice is not well used as something that the world pushes. 
Um, it's in there, but it's it's a weird, twisted version of it. Really, at the center of that is is mostly selfishness, I believe. But yeah, so just I remember a long time ago, as I as I go in loops here, I remember a long time ago reading Galatians. I think it was in VBS. Man, yeah, I was probably in grade five. And they were doing the fruits of the spirit. And I remember we had to memorize it. And I remember thinking, ah, that's too hard. Uh, Too many words. Mm. Too many. Um, How in the moment where I'm, you know, that I'm actually in with a human being where I'm feeling anger or I'm feeling um, angst or who knows what. Am I supposed to remember, oh, I should be gentle. I should be patient. I should be kind. I should be joyful. Like, Can you remember them all right now? It's too hard. Yeah, I'm I'm purposely stopping there. Um, But I realized... It's all summed up in love. I mean, s- scripture says that too. And if I just think to myself, how would I probably just love this person? The way, you know, my mother would love me. Then that makes it so much easier. And you know what you end up doing? You end up being patient. You end up being gentle. You end up being kind to them. And I'm like, that I can remember. And so I think from that mentality as a young, a really young person, um, growing up to just, now I wasn't consistent in this. It was, it was actually the hardest with the people I knew the most because there's all that baggage you come in with. Um, everyone has preconceived notions of everybody else, and so it's hard just to just to love, you know, because you feel like you're getting screwed, <laughs> you know, mm. by someone you know has this or that against you, and they know you have this or that against them, and you can't just say, "Hold up here, actually, I've forgiven you all that," and I mean it. I'm not just saying this. Mm. Um, so with especially new people, it was, you know, trying to love them. And then that became more of a motto that like every single human being is worth a conversation. And so this has driven me in a lot of ways. Um, so you're tying. Yeah. This is this is not clearly it's not all love is, but you're kind of tying the idea of every human being is worth a conversation as a way to love them. 100%, yeah. I, yeah. And I love to talk, so <laughs> here's a way to talk a lot and spread it amongst people so that they can all handle it. <laughs> um, for instance, one way I live this out is I started using always the same gas station and always going to pay and, and talking with the, the guy or the two guys, George and Joe. Shout out to them. Love them. Um, one of them's from Egypt and one of them's from Palestine, but built relations with them. And like now it's coming in and it's like, hey, Joe, what's up? And we chit chat for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll even step out of the line um, so that when he's not busy, we'll talk a little bit. I ask how his son's doing stuff like that. And he shared a whole bunch of stuff with me. Like I've, I've actually been thinking recently, just dropping by and giving him a coffee on the shift. I haven't done that yet, but yeah. I definitely should. And then just continuing that on to, you know, conversations with anyone that comes around everyone has something interesting to share i fly a lot for work so you know there's nothing more exciting to me than you know reading the person next to me and trying to see whether or not they're up for a conversation seeing you know don't don't not make eye contact yeah um don't like put your head in your book now they might do that anyways and then okay it's it's a no-go but sometimes you know they'll just be done and they'll want to talk. It, you'll you'll just see it and God will either give you a window or he won't. And each of these people, if you can get them on something you're passionate about, they will teach you with like 
golden nuggets of information that you would have to pick really hard through books to get out because it's personal experience that they're sharing. Some of them honestly have just laid their lives out for me on the plane and I've, you know, taught them about or encouraged them about Christ because either they were believers and, and yeah. prayed with them and talked to them and some of them have even contacted me a lot. Um, afterwards, there's this one gentleman who actually said, you know, actually let me buy you dinner. I would like to continue this conversation and, and got me on a podcast that he runs. Uh, this is not your first later. podcast? This, no, this actually is not. Um, Dust. So, continue. sorry about that. Sorry, I'm not going to derail your, uh, your point. So, I don't know. It's And it helps me now that I live downtown Hamilton and yes. I've been around the, ha- the the homeless a lot more. Like, I don't know. Now I see them, I just think, what is their story? Like, the majority of them, they came from really bad situations to begin with. Um, and some of them, honestly, just came from very average situations. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily drugs or yeah. or alcohol that's got them there. Though I would say the ones you see panhandling, um, even though homeless that I know as friends, they would say don't give them money. Because the ones yeah. that have the, the amount of... Um, non-regard for their own self-esteem yeah. to just panhandle for money those are usually the ones who don't care how they get money because they want drugs or alcohol sure so that's one of the things that like it's it, kind of moving back one step yeah, where people sure. say you know uh, every story is different but we all sort of, at least i did for the homeless i sort of had a sort of a archetype i guess is like the homeless person you don't realize how radically different people are and the story and how they got there mm-hmm. until you chat with them and everybody's got a different story and their experience of being homeless is radically different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lady I talked to the other day, you know, her dad got her hooked on heroin at five. Jeez. Like, yeah. Where, where do you get a fresh start? Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh my goodness. And, like, and most of them won't talk about sexual abuse, like exactly how it happened. Yeah. But... So every many. one of them want to tell you their yep. story and it comes up yep. a lot. Yep. And, and some of them are just like, I don't know, gradual, gradual slide into it. It's, it's all over the place. Some of the guys are actually quite high functioning. Yeah. Um, the, the one guy I was talking to the other day, John, he, he's just, he was recommending to me all the certain coffee blends that are his favorite and mm-hmm. how he mixes them up. And, and actually it sounds really good. I'll probably try some of them. Um, and, and where to catch the best fish in town and how he's excited that the, the summer's coming back. This is almost like a, a lifestyle choice for him. But you won't see guys like that out there panhandling. Right. You won't see them out there breaking windows. In fact, the homeless guy that goes to my church, Harold, after church the other day, we spent, oh, I don't know how long, but a long time, enough to really try my patience and make me pray to God to give me more patience, cleaning up shards of glass because he was so bothered that someone had gone by a window and broken yep. it. Like, glass I couldn't even see, but he had a little dustpan, and he was picking it all up, and he was going to properly recycle it. Like, yeah. man. There, like, there's some beautiful people. In, yeah. Like, beautiful, character-filled people in the homeless community. But it, it looks different than what we, you know, than what might be a character like a, an action of integrity in our circles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the, the mm-hmm. literally the, the, the lot in life that these people got handed, the lot in life that, that God in his wisdom, you know, however you want to parse, you know, mm-hmm. divine sovereignty, that's, that's where they ended up. Mm-hmm. And 
you don't hear this much. I don't want to caricature our churches more than I need to. Whoa. But I've heard, but I've heard some okay. people say really disparaging things about the homeless community. And it's like, bro, you do heroin too. 100% you would do heroin too if you went through what some of these people have been through. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's a bit of a hard statement to say. Definitely, obviously, you would never say that out loud. Um, except to, like, to them? Maybe well, me. I'd say that to And some other people. friends, but... Um, but okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think... Am I being a bit hyperbolic? Sure, I think by doing that extreme, you just throw your audience off and you don't even get their ear anymore. I think... Be subtle, but... but I see your point. I see your point, I'd yeah. Say, but, like, when you consider the level of abuse that some of these people have been through... Yeah. You understand You would be escape. looking for extreme ways of escape, yeah. 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 Like there's a one one guy I know. It was really cool. He he was telling me um he's he's caring for a friend of his and he was telling me he's like, "Oh, Jacob, you know, I've uh haven't shot up in 6 weeks. It's been 6 weeks." Yeah. You know, and I know I'm a, I'm a better person when I'm not when I'm not high. You know, I gotta gotta take care of this guy, right? You know, mm-hmm. and he's he's one of the only people who's taking care of him. Um, he's not related; it's just a friend. And he's I don't give too many details. I don't want anyone who meets him. But anyways, he's taking care of. Well, I'm his confused f- already. You said shot up and get high. So okay, <laughs> no, just kidding. Go he's, on. Um, either way, he hasn't shot up. He hasn't done drugs in in six weeks, and he's really mm-hmm. thrilled about that. And and I talked to him and I said no, that's a big deal and he said you know he's a better person and he he needs to be sober in order to take care of his friend and I looked at him and I'm like hey, hey bro you know God God honors that you know you're working hard you know that it's right to, Amen, to yeah. stay off as, as hard as you can and God honors that and he looked at me and he's like wow God honors that wow I never thought about that and he was dude thrilled like <laughs> thrilled at that idea mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. like like God I, I believe that God respects God honors in in however way he sees the pursuit of the narrow path yeah exactly sure. and and then he, and he went home and he was just talking about it. he's like oh you know I gotta get back and and then he left and he was just thrilled and like the thing is it's like that was such a tiny little thing for me just to listen to his story and and say that like I think God honors that guy's commitment and he's as far as i'm concerned like what it takes for him to not um go to drugs with the life he's in and to also work so selflessly to care for this sick friend of his Mm -hmm. like i think that takes levels of and honestly many many of them are taking care of each other and it's it's really inspiring to see how they take care of each other it's wow and it's like you know (laughs) i have so much of so much support yeah. yeah, I have so much to support, and so like, what what good that I can do is from like such a place of strength. You know what I mean? And they come and they do, honestly, some inspiring, beautiful things from a place of like pretty much the worst North America has to offer. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. That's one of the things I've learned from them. You know what I mean? Is you don't, you know, I, there's guys we both know them who probably will be hooked on heroin until the day they die. Yeah, but. Yeah love jesus and their daily fight for yeah and, ho- path. and hooked is doesn't mean they do it all the time right it, it could mean you know and then people have this misconception too y- you can have an addiction and kind of go on a bender you know once every couple months 
maybe right. maybe twice a year for crying out loud you could be totally sober and totally with it for the rest of the year but everyone just characterizes you by your your two mess ups sure and, and uh because they're bad <laughs> they usually are quite bad and and they come back in tears and yeah but uh it's a long, and, and i think the two things i learned mostly if i could share this this mm-hmm. quick from the homeless community is um it's not money they need it's not that, you know, you just need to get them a job and yep. you need to get them set up with money and they'll be fine. And they just got to get them off the streets. Baloney. Their problems have nothing to do with that. That It's more like a symptom that they don't have money because they don't know how, how to use it. Mm-hmm. And they don't know, you know, they've never been trained in that. And they don't have the mental capacity to carry the burden of money. Because money really is a burden, uh, quite frankly, uh, in many ways. And... Um, so there's that. It's not the money they need. They need proper rehabilitation. And it's really at a mental and spiritual level. Yeah. Um, and if someone's like, oh, yeah, but they needed to eat. Trust me, you can ask any of the homeless people. They know where they can get food and then get it for free. There's programs for that. There's yeah. programs like the one I'm volunteering at mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, that's why I say, do you need money? They're like, no, we don't need money. That'll just make us want to spend it on drugs. Yeah. Uh, if you want to give us food, we don't even really need you to get us food because we know where to get it ourselves and they actually find self-respect in going to get their own food and going to do those things that's that's a big deal and i think we would that that was eye-opening for me and the other thing that i really learned from them is that these communities have a really good understanding of i think it's in ephesians uh ephesians 5 or ephesians 6 yeah ephesians 6 i think um same passage as the full armor of god but it's a we are in this battle against cosmic forces, um, the demons in this world. Um, and that is going on. And they're very aware of it. I was having a talk with um, two individuals the other night, and they said, yeah, oh, oh it's real. It's really ramped up this year, 100%. Um, right. Many of them talk to themselves, and they'll talk. Well, they're not talking to themselves. They're talking to people they totally think are there. Uh, sometimes it's when they take drugs. Um there was a guy who I, I named Alan. I, I chat with him all the time. He's a very good talker. Comes in talking to who knows who. Um, can't see him. Can't hear him. Some of them are schizophrenic. A, a friend of mine, Glenn, is schizophrenic, I believe. Uh, it's not really drugs that does it for him. But he knows what's going on. But that, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when they hear actual demons telling them to do things. And it's clear as day for them. I say to them, you know, like, would you say it's a voice? They're like, yeah, it's it's like a voice. It's it's clear. Like I know exactly what it wants, and it is like almost like so tangible. You can almost touch it in the air. Right. Um. In, in situations where I remember Jen saying, you know, oh, I heard one talking to someone I know the other the other night. You know, um, I see her. I see her. T- I hear her talking. I hear the voice responding to that conversation. I see no one or anything responding to her. And you know, the skeptics out there will just be like, "Yeah, sure, there was, there was someone around the corner or whatever was going on." But you know what? I've known Jen a long time, and I, I trust her. So they're really they open my eyes to something I know and I believe is there. Right. And how that's that's a daily battle, and we would be fools, and I mean that word. To think that that is not going on in our lives all the time. Mm-hmm. And that Christ and his angels don't actively protect us against that all the time. But we are tested. And what are we tested by? The demons are there. Mm-hmm. 
And so when we're thinking about things like mental troubles or, um, I don't know, even physical things all going wrong seemingly and it breaks us down and so we turn back to our bad habit, the chances are at play there's evil at play there. Yeah. And we should be praying actively against that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, two very different points. Two very different points. <laughs> I will points. admit, but they were both I've, very eye-opening. Yeah. I mean, on that, like, that's, for whatever reason, that's been less of a, of a side I've seen at Roots, um, for whatever reason. Yeah, I didn't see it a lot there. But... Um, Definitely have seen miraculous, like, opportunities open up in places where there were no business opportunities opening up. Particularly going over to Bill's house, mm-hmm. like, the, yeah, the we, time... we should caveat with Bill's house. Is Bill's sure. house is probably one of the, and it's been multiple. It's houses an apartment too. building. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst houses in St. Catharines that I know of. Anyways, mm-hmm. where there it's just full of addicts of various kinds in really bad presences there really really bad yep and a lot of gang activity too yeah so and the the opportunities that steve and i have had and and i'm i'm less of a part of this is mostly steven he's different people but i haven't seen him for i know i i want to get him on the podcast he's got lots of great stories yeah but times where we've we prayed like we're gonna go in we hope pray for some good opportunities and we've been let in and had talks and and been given opportunities that are just like to get through that door is hard Mm-hmm. and god's opened it many times and allowed us to build some relationships and that's where covid has like screwed off so like screwed up sorry <laughs> so many chances and so many like yeah just relationships they take so much work and dedication to build with these people because justifiably they've been like wary you know what i mean yeah and they're pretty transient like you'll see there's a guy who was building relationship um with and and he's no longer eating eating at the place that yeah. that i'm at and um i think it's a good thing he was he was clean for quite a while and he was excitedly talking about apartments with me and we were kind of planning some things and i i missed a week and i really regret that i did because i've been asking the the cook i said hey, you know has shane come in in a while and she's like no no i think he's out of here like he's out of here right like he's he's on a good path and so oh. you know the only people not out of here in that way yeah, sorry yeah. um but like he turned in his naloxone kit, he's like that's for opioid overdose, yeah. right? Uh, so he had enough trust in himself; he didn't need that anymore. Huh. And he, him and I were would chat every week. You know how many yeah. how many weeks clean now, man? And people can only come into the place if they're staying out of the cold, so they have right. no place to stay at night. So praise God that he's out of there. But I'm I'm a little sad that I won't be sure. You know who yeah. if I ever see him again? Yeah. Um. One thing that that has struck me too, because you know, there's the like the question: How do you solve the homeless problem? With air quotes. <laughs> um, and one of the biggest things I think you'd agree with this is these these people, these image bearers of Christ, are exactly like us. They need community, and mm, what yeah, we yeah. don't, what we so often don't understand is mm-hmm. we we just get handed community to us in our churches on a silver platter mm-hmm. and it's so much harder for these guys and girls to to gate to get that level of community and honestly like that's something that for roots has become 
so important and that's primarily what roots is like Mm -hmm. it's it's not and i want to talk about this in a sec it's not some heroic thing that we're doing we show up and like sip coffee and hang out with these people that's it and it's and it's quality time with some it's like it's it's like that's it but also that's it because like some of the guys will will say they'll come and they'll be like like this is the only fun thing i do all week this is the only people we have a meal with them right yeah i almost think actually part of me i haven't really looked into this but part of the lord's supper what makes it so good is really connected to this this whole act of having a meal with the other believers or or with other people for this is not the lord's supper obviously but some of the benefits are there yeah um I, Sorry, I didn't mean to derail that. No, that's but cool. That's cool. It's a big deal that we eat and we drink with them. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've got a little bit of a beef, dare I say, with our little shot of wine and our like earthy cracker. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not a meal. Well, the, the ones that we've been having at my church, uh, I go to New City PCA downtown here in Hamilton. <laughs> we've had to switch to these little sealed cups. Yeah, and uh, we do it every we do it every week, and uh, the little. I don't know what that thing is that comes in there. Wafer. <laughs> um, I kid you not. It literally is the same thing as eating cardboard. Yeah. I've been I've been considering bringing some bread with me to church, to be honest with you. Not even gluten-free. Just good old Italiano bread. Nice big chunk swap, of it. Swap just that to, out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had, but, I had one, yeah. one thought to kind of maybe if we conclude some of our... Yeah, our yeah, yeah. Tool. Um, I'm worried that this sounds like a pat on the back for us, you know, Fair. like where it sounds like, okay. you know, that we're just flexing our, like your well, levels of holiness because we, Oh, well, I hope like, people can hear the excitement in our voice. Yes. We're clearly passionate about this. We, we love yep. these people. I, I'll put it on the record. Yeah. I love these people. It's, just, it's hard like, to articulate how it, it's like, why it doesn't feel like that. You know what I mean? Like, why is it when we hang with this, our homeless fam, like these are communities, people I love. Yeah. Like I see some of the guys there more than I see friends and they make me and cry yeah like yeah i don't know how to explain how this is not and i hope this doesn't come across as like you know grandstanding and and spiritual flexing it's just this has become so much of a part of our lives mm-hmm. you know roots is a huge and I, I was life. out of it for a little while to be honest until you know some guys were asking for help and i really i think god was like yeah you you should be there <laughs> you know yeah um no like i we truly love these people. Like I pray for them and mm-hmm. love them. And, and I, and honestly, I miss them. Like I think of Mel and, and I miss him yeah. a lot. Yep. You know, I can't wait to spend eternity with him as a professing Christian. And, and honestly see him restored. Yeah. See him, what he would be like when we're on even ground together. Oh man. We, we get a taste of it when it, yep. he'll take me back to his motel room and, and share a little bit of wine in the plastic hotel cups. Yeah. And he's tickled pink by it. Uh, he, he loves his wine. <laughs> oh, it's it's awesome, and I love every second of it. Yeah. Like, and to do a bit of a, a change of of direction here, I think sure. in front of me here I have this this silver spoon. Now this spoon came from this guy Peter, who comes into the place to see him every once in a while, and he had all these little spoons in front of me. This is not a hair with a spoon. This is too small, um, but he collects them. And this one said Holland on it, and I expressed some interest. I said, oh, I like that. He said, it's yours. Now, I didn't know it was silver at the time, but this is honest to goodness, silver spoon. Yeah. I've, and and the irony of this is probably dawning on you already. Um, 
I know it's silver for a number of reasons. You know, you did the magnetic test. Um, it tarnishes, et cetera, et cetera. And he gave it to me free, probably not knowing it's silver anyways, but as a gift. He didn't even hesitate. Mm-hmm. And he has nothing. And I, I was like, wow, thank you. Like, I expressed some interest in your collection of spoons, which he's clearly spent time collecting and cleaning. Yep. And he gave it to me. And it's ironic that he gives the guy who has born with the silver spoon yeah. a silver spoon. Yep. And, you know, I'll keep this always. Uh, I would hang it on my fridge on a magnet, but it doesn't stick to it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll put it somewhere. So yeah. I'm reminded how blessed I am. And, and what actually bothers me, you were saying, how do we solve the homeless problem? I think the issue really is how do we solve the richness problem? Because I've seen spirituality like I've never believed in all sorts of forms, bad forms, good forms on the street, but it's there. They don't say that it doesn't exist. It's the rich I'm really scared for because every single one of us is eternal beings. You know, we, you, me, we last forever. Mm -hmm. Once God's made us, it's heaven or hell, but we don't perish. We don't pass away um, our beings. So... (laughs) It's much better for those who have an ability to recognize that that's a real thing. Yeah. That your spiritual life is important. And the rich, from what I can tell, the majority of them want nothing to do with it. They're all about having everything cleaned up. Um, And even if they do have a faith, you know, many times when I talk to them, it's like just what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not on fire. I you know, you hope to see fruits just coming off of them. Uh, you know, with the richness that we have, there's there's no excuse to not be bearing fruits galore with the soil that we've been planted in. Yeah. Um, and so I think the rich are more scary to me and honestly make very difficult to make any sort of headway. Sure. Now, I'm going to push back a bit on that because you are painting a broad brush. Massively broad, yeah. Don't, right. don't read too much into this. I'm just... sure. Just, just, just giving you a chance to clarify, because I mean, clearly we both know <clears throat> stupid wealthy people yeah. who are generous to levels that one hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I, I imbalancing and, money, <clears throat> right? And the thing is, like, in gifts, yeah. I um, I wrote once wrote down. I'm gonna butcher this quote. Um, Go it for is it. easier for a man with a net worth thirty percent larger than mine to enter through the eye of a needle and it's like rich is such a moving target right it's just rich for us is anyone who's just a bit richer than me but you know because this is an original thought we are all stupid stupid the conversation i had with uh with jen the other night um honestly she said uh we're talking about richness i said what what is rich i said well christ says to us you know if you have food and clothing you know and a roof over your head with that, you should be content. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is bonus. But we should be content with that. I said, honestly, Jen, like, how many nights have you not had food? She's like, oh, I can't even remember the last time. She's on the streets. She doesn't have a pronoun. She's like, I can't even remember the last time I haven't had food. And I've actually felt hungry. You know, what about clothing? She's like, I always have clothing. I always, like, I have a pick of clothing. My problem is I can't carry all my clothing with me. Right. I said, so you lack shelter. She's like, yeah, I lack shelter. I said, you have every right. No, I don't know if I, I'm able to say that really, but I think you have every right to be a bit discontent about that and pray to God 
to bless you with that. Right. Um, but for the most part, I said, you know, I said to her personally, I know for a fact there's not one single day I've thought about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to have a roof over my head. Yep. And, and actually, I've never even questioned, like, that I have true faith. Mm. Not that I don't take it seriously, but I've just been so assured of that my whole life. I don't know what that feels that like, to be honest. That is a blessing. Oh, probably the biggest blessing tortured. I've ever had, to be honest. Yeah. And maybe that just means I'm called to who knows what, but I should be using that gift, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I can't remember. And I mean, in fact, if anything, my problem is too many options. I have too many different things to eat. I have too many different things to wear. I, I literally have a couple houses, I, roofs I could be under tonight within driving distance. Heck, I could sleep in my car. Yeah. Do, do you ever think about this? I've, I think about this a lot. Do you know how hard you and I would have to work to end up on the streets? The amount of effort it would take for me to like to abandon my house, all my stuff, skirt and avoid all my friends who will be marching out trying to like rip me back. Mm-hmm. Like it would be, I would probably have yeah. to, I would have to move to another city far away and make sure no one followed me in order to try and end up on the streets. Cause I would have people who love me march out there and, and haul my butt back to a house. Yeah. And get me in rehab, I, I, you know? I see what you're saying. I, all, all I, I'm saying is in like a way, the, like, the but I have known have. people who have been given the exact same blessings and it's through not entirely their fault, though they are responsible. Mm-hmm through choices in their lives like you know these they had friends like that they had family like that and their family has done that many many times and they still get there you know if i give you some heroin tonight obviously i can't i don't have any never would want any on my premises but that'd be a quick way to get you there and i know a guy who really shaped my life over the last year and he uh percocets man like work injury got on percocets Sure. Just one thing after the next. Next thing you know, he had guys breaking into his house, trying to, at gunpoint, trying to take everything he had. Yeah. You know, drugs. They don't want his actual material things. Um, yeah. And that's really, he had loving parents. His parents loved him so much, they dropped off groceries for him. He didn't even have sure. to do that. But he had to get out of here. Like, yeah. he had to get out. He found himself on the streets, pretty much. Like, he was in he was in an yeah. apartment, but. Yeah, I, and I know there's, there's guys from, yeah, like, um, from our Dutch community, I, I do hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, but and I, I guess I'm speaking not necessarily of people in our churches because that can happen. But I mean, at we least of me specifically. Broad strokes, just we to cover speak, yes. <laughs> But also, you and me specifically, because we have people that love us and who would hunt us down and get us out of a bad situation, even if we tried to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that is a huge blessing. 100. Like, percent I mean, I think there's some struggles in my life right now. I can think of there. There are brothers that actively hunt and help mm-hmm. me. In this fight, they they fight by my side. Yeah, they say pick up that darn sword and fight on. Yep. Do not give up this battle. Do yep. not rest even for a moment here. Yeah, because I'm fighting by your side. You owe yep. this at least to me. Yeah, and and like it's it's yeah, we are lucky that we have those people even blessed. in our communities. Blessed, that's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> I, I overuse the word blessed, so sometimes I try and stay. We are providentially we are, provided. We are. By. We are <laughs> What's an active, uh, <laughs> what's the noun form of providence? Or, sorry, the verb providenced? I we thought are. about that. <laughs> yeah. But. I either way. Um, I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one either. Provided for. The, no, that's, that's not the essence. Either way. Of the word. We, we darn blessed. 
for the people that we 100%. have around us. And I, I've been thinking about that, like the fact that I have guys in my life who can both be like unconditionally supportive and at the same time give me extremely valid critiques. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, someone, someone like Owen, right? Like he, uh, like, you know, I've had, I've had a bit of a rough, uh, rough couple months and like he, he was like, Hey bro, like I'm here for you. Like mm-hmm. I went on a bunch of long walks with him talking through and he was not afraid to say, here are the three or four reasons you were dumb as nails in this situation. <laughs> you screwed up. That was a bad call on your part. You need to wrestle with that. And I'm like, fair enough, right? Like, you're right. And so, and, and all of the guys that I've talked to over the past bit specifically have always been like, you you screwed up here. You, you did this wrong. Like, you need to wrestle with this. And yet, I love you and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. That balance, the fact that we have guys who like love us enough to are honest at the same time, that is like something I'm so grateful for. Yeah. So immensely grateful for. And I don't know how to say that in a way like, if you're someone, you being the listener who doesn't have those kind of friends around you like it takes work but you got to be one of those people right and it takes immense amount of work it's hard it is hard to be the kind of friend that cares enough about you self-sacrificing love yeah when your friends is can i you know could i use something of yours you don't even hesitate. They, even if yeah. it's expensive, you're like, you know what, man? What's mine is yours. Sure. And actually, we're called to love all of our brothers and sisters like that. Yeah. If you look at the, you know, sure. the church in Acts. Easier said than done. Oh, amen, amen. I struggle with it. You know, just this very last year, we're talking about biking a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. Guy said, oh, can I, can I use your bike? And I was like, absolutely no way. That's an expensive thing. I love it. Can't use it in the back of my head, but it was very prominent. And I had to really fight it to be like, you know what? I don't know this guy that well, but he's my brother in Christ. And mm-hmm. I trust him. Even if he trashes this bike and doesn't pay for it. Right. I've done right. Yeah. I've done what's proper in, in God's eyes. But that is so hard to do. Sure. Like, I, I, I wrestled with that. Honestly, it was, it was at least a day or yeah. more. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's, it's a weird thing because I've, I've tried to, tried to maintain that attitude. And mm-hmm. I just got a new set of rims on my car. Yeah, and yeah. They look, we were looking they at look them. fly. But if I throw that keys at someone and they were to like, because the rims are off, like they they they're offset. The way they're built, is they're offset. So like, it's super easy to to curb those. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Maybe this is why you don't have nice things, so you can be more loving and give them uh, way easier. You know what? Honestly, that's gonna such be a hard. A blessing it is, for riches, but it's so hard to give when you it have is, so much. It is gonna be. You a, just get used to having everything. Perfect. Yeah. It's going to be a spiritual battle for me to give my keys to Levi. He can't drive stick yet, so I'm, I'm good, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there was something else there that I was going to say, but yeah. you know, it's gone. So we could, we could wrap this up or we could keep talking. We could talk about books. That's the thing that we, books. we, we spend a yes, lot of time talking please. about. This is going to be a recurring theme throughout like the podcast because mm-hmm, most of the mm-hmm. people I love talking to. Did you know readers. that you inspired me to read more than I actually read because you post your book your book list well okay now's now a good time i to talk. now's a good time to talk about that and i understand it almost looks a little bit like bragging every year but so i wrestle because with i know you i i don't see it that way yep <laughs> i wrestle with this a lot because uh, for those who don't know um every year i think for the past three maybe? a couple of years yeah. yeah i post at the end of every year i post my my reading list which is often Quite long, fairly usually. long um because god gave me a good Audible amount of account 
Pardon? God gave, me <laughs> God gave me a fair amount of gray matter and I can read books quickly and consume a lot of information. That's not, it's something I work hard for, but also it's like, I didn't earn the gray matter. Can that I test that me. he retains most of it and can actually use it? So. Yeah. I, it's a complex subject. I, I'm trying to, know, whatever. I'm doing a bad job of this, but I'm saying like, I didn't, if I can read a lot of books and I can retain that, that's not something that like, everyone I, can do exactly yeah and it's only because like it's a gift and mm-hmm. i and i firmly believe that i'm held to a res- to be responsible with that mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um but it is, is it an arrogant thing to post your reading list at the end of the year yeah for sure um and i think and there's definitely people who are not encouraged by that I and so, and yeah. and people who who probably and and that you know, I think a, actually I reached out to you and said, you know, I'm a little concerned. You, yeah, you challenged me on that. I think that, there, right? <laughs> that you do this because like, for sure, I'm a little bit encouraged, but also I'm actually daunted and yep. I read a lot. So and, it's, yep. And is it a pride? Me, is it, yeah. Is it a pride thing for me a little bit? Yeah, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. scrub that. Mm-hmm. But I am, well, the reason I do it every year is because when I've weighed it, I think the, the pros do outweigh the cons because every year it's, and it's been really fun especially this year because i got more people than usual who message me and say like i really look forward to your list every yeah, year more than the list i enjoy the comments yeah the comments <laughs> are fun and um and a lot of people message me and say i look forward to your list every year because i love to see what you read and you i think about your list throughout the year to give me motivation to keep reading and that's awesome like that the book that list on my fridge is i mean a year old now but uh yep I should really replace it and put the new one on there, but that that was inspired by you. That's cool. I enjoy <laughs> that. That's fun, man. I get a You know, there's sometimes when I thought, you know, <clears throat> should I watch something? I don't watch mm-hmm. that many things these days. Um, and in those moments, I think, no, 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 I, sh- I should read a book because I'd, I'd like to to learn more. I'd like right. to put more on on the, on the list. Uh, mm-hmm. Not as a bragging thing, but just because it's just shows what I've been consuming. Yep. And what you consume really does shape who you are. Yeah. And I want to be, well, I want to be the best image of Christ I can be, but I also want to be a well-rounded person because, you know, relating to people mm-hmm. works well if you're well-rounded. And so can... read about a lot of things. Like yeah. I'll, I'll dig into so many of my, my favorite subjects be that history i could go a lot into history autobiographies you know um religious texts <laughs> i guess i wouldn't say they're my most fun read but yeah. i do um that's like to consume them that's an interesting aircraft. thing to think about um mm-hmm. reading books as a couple steps removed but as a way of loving people if you have uh, more, honestly everything yeah if you have more information and, and a broader stretch of information mm-hmm. then you'll have more to connect with people on Oh, here, here's an interesting example. So I remember walking with someone when this happened and we had been talking about this. So it all, all the dots lined up. But you and we had been talking about this? Not not you and I, me and okay. another individual. Um, Nameless individual. Oh, yeah. Um, person's actually near and dear to my heart. But um, yeah, we're walking down Bayfront Path, which her and I often do. Uh and um, I saw this guy, and he was walking with this a very big lens camera, right? Yeah. I know next to nothing about camera it, cameras. It's on it's on my list of things. You know, should a proper book that's interesting about cameras come out, I should read it because there's a whole niche of photographers that would yep. open up being able to hold conversations with them. 
Um, but I do know a lot about birding. And I know birders use those long lenses. So I said, oh, sweet. Here's a great connection with this guy. Immediately. I know nothing about him. But I'd like to say hi and be a little bit more meaningful than saying, hey. Sure. Um, so I just said, hey. Um, so we walked by. There's a, there's a couple of night herons around the corner up there. Um, but you won't need that big lens for them. They're, they're pretty close to shore. Uh, he's like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. And he was actually quite interested. I, I don't know if he's feigning it. I mean, the darn things are there every night. So if he's ever been here before, he's probably seen them. But I did throw in a couple other species I'd saw a lot further out. And I had remember thinking, oh, I wish I had a, a long lens to see those birds. But I guess my point is that because I knew a lot about birding, I could, proper, I could connect with this guy right away on a bit of a right. deeper level than just, hello, N- well, nice weather, nice you know? camera. Yeah. And because if he goes into cameras, he's totally lost me. Yeah. But he did. I, I asked him about the camera, and he was a little bit passionate about that. Yeah. So it took a little bit of camera knowledge here, chucked it in the camera box in my mind, which was pretty sparse at that point. Um, and then built a little bit there. So like as one will connect to the next, we'll connect right. to the next. And you have no idea how God can use those to allow you to connect with people. So and should... when you connect with people, like that's where you can start to share Christ. Not yeah. just a shining as a light in, in whichever way you can. You know, seasoning even that. You know, if we're salt of the earth, you can season even those moments mm-hmm. to be what it's like to be with someone who's trying, you know, their darndest. <laughs> To be an image of him. Yep. Amen. Hmm. What are you reading right now? I am reading. Well, I got to think. I usually have a couple books kind of on the go. At a t- I am reading do the you, way. Do home. you normally have an audiobook on the go? Do you have an audiobook and like a couple paper? Or what's your what's your yes, what's your normal? Yes. Uh, normally, like? normally I do, but I find when I have an audiobook, um, it'll be it'll be more my entertainment. Right. And I'll use more podcasts. Oh, interesting. And stuff to 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 learn about things that are more important. Huh. But because then I can do my entertainment while I'm like, um, and I'm making dinner, driving, stuff like that. And I, I do like to go to sleep while I, while I listen to it with that sleep timer on. I am I've so never, thankful for the sleep timer. Never gotten into that falling asleep while book. Uh, like I can't. Some of the, some of the people who narrate it. Such soothing Get voices, those man. Deep, deep British voices. Yeah, I want to call them and say, "So, how do you talk like that?" Because I want what you. Have. <laughs> yeah, I think you're gonna have to get reborn in the. Uh, yeah. Across the pond. Yeah, yeah, like expanded and, larynx. Like, yeah, yeah. So that doesn't match my whole body at no, all. But be a little giraffe Warren walking around <laughs> with this ball in his throat, yeah. so he can speak. Yeah. Deep. Or, or what I'll do is I'll, I'll become a smoker, and I'll get that hole cut in because now this is that's too. That's a little much. It's a little rude because, sorry if anyone here has that and they have to live with that, but you do have a very cool sounding voice when you? you speak through the hole. I've uh, I've never experienced that. It's kind of like a croaking, but anyways, <laughs> we digress. Um, yeah, I, I do love Audible for like my guilty pleasure, which is not necessarily survival stories, but that's way up there on the list. Right. Um, I really love real accounts of personal endurance i mean everyone a lot of people everyone should know the story of shackleton and the endurance trapped in the ice in the antarctic whole crew of men uh ship sinks crushed by the ice um i remember reading this my mother read this to me when i was very young it was in like a kid's book very grossly shortened version of this 
but they trek by sled dog and um by oh and dinner time we're gonna die no um for those who didn't hear there's beeping that yeah i was gonna like say the mic's actually going off <laughs> bump there the mics actually might be uh close enough that they didn't hear that so yeah, good, good for clarifying anyways um yeah so they sledge across like treacherous antarctic conditions um guys get frostbite they 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 go across this bay they get to this small island elephant island and uh they set up camp for uh their second winter i believe at this point in antarctica and i think the first one was on the ship when they were trapped in the ice and this crew of men live under two long boats with stones piled up to be bit of walls they live there on this island while the captain and I think there's six of them, so five other men, they sail in a rowboat that's been roughly converted into a covered sailboat um, with barely a sail on it. And they sail through a hurricane in the South Atlantic seas. I mean, if you ever heard of Cape Horn, think those conditions the whole way. Um, it's right there. That's where they, the island chain of Antarctica comes up. And they sail through it successfully using only a couple sightings of the sun this entire time with a sextant and nail land on um the whaling where the whaling station is located um at georgia island and then not only that they have to trek three days through the mountains which are treacherous and snow covered with they leave two guys on the beach who just couldn't do it and they get help and in the end after the winter in the following spring shackleton gets a boat and goes back and rescues every single one of his men nobody dies i love those kind of stories I could listen to them all day, all night, and I think about, wow, the the, the limits of human endurance. Yeah. Some of these men, honestly, are Christians, and most of these books are based off their diaries and their journals, hmm. and how some of these events just draws them close to God. I remember many of these explorers or people who've gone through tragedies, um, I look forward to meeting them in heaven, quite frankly, yeah. because some of them die, and and the book basically ends like the journal ends here. Here's the recap of what happens. And you can hear in their heart where they were at with the Lord from their journals. It's awesome. Real man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you read The Martian? Yes, yes. That's that's a fictionalized story, but honestly loved it. So good. Yeah. 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 That was, that was, I love those kind of books I ate that like a fat kid eating Smarties. Like a what eating what? A fat kid eating Smarties. Like I, oh, I, I was I not. I didn't even stop for a breath through that book. I just like that's transphobic. Cloud it. Sorry, not transphobic. Fat. Fatphobic. <laughs> fatphobic. <laughs> um, that's a that's pretty cool. I should uh, is that's on. I Audible, have yeah? an I have an awesome list of books. Cool. In that genre, if you want to. Sure. Wanna and those are, those are your go to Audible stories. Those are my go to enjoyment. Sure. Audible stories. I do like some really well put together science fiction yep. you know where they don't break their own rules yeah <laughs> that they've established and could have just made a little bit different yeah if they wanted to at the beginning uh, anyways <laughs> yeah um, um yeah lots of things interesting on there, though yeah i i i mean i listen to a lot of audiobooks it's interesting because my most of the paper books i read or at least right now like i'm reading uh, fiction before i go to bed and mm-hmm. i do have um i'm reading sci-fi sort of mm-hmm. sci-fi i guess it's a no, yeah, it would be sci-fi proper. Um, I'm reading the, we talked about this, the uh, Space Trilogy from C.S. Lewis. Oh, I was just saying, I just finished that one. Yeah, I, I'm midway through Paralandra. Paral- 
yeah, that's Paralandra. Oh wow, that is midway through. Excellent book. I, I yeah, you're not at the but third I book, so I'll say nothing about what goes on there. But Paralandra, some of the some of the Don't interactions in the middle of the book are. I shouldn't have brought it up. Really good and eye-opening. I bet it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm, it, yeah. I'm right when Weston has landed and he's doing his whole uh, spiel. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. it gets better. Oh man, I does it bet get it better? Does. Um, yeah. The I'm gonna see the if C.S. benefit C.S. of that book, especially those books, C.S. Lewis having a Christian writer does so much to color the characters. Yeah. Like, and he addresses really deep things, even if it's metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, so it gets your gears turning. You're learning and being entertained, and you're having your eyes open all yeah. in one go. It's it's awesome. It's yeah. C.S. Lewis. Um, because we're him. original and we all love C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I, I I have Blundstone, so how original yeah. can I be? <laughs> the one thing that at least I don't have Birkenstocks. <laughs> oh, low blow. Birkenstocks are amazing. I wear them all winter long. Yes. They're great. Um, yeah, Lewis is clearly a genius. Was clearly a genius. Mm. Um, one of the things that I love. Well, well, I least, think I know what you're going to say here. What? what? <laughs> you're going to say how everyone's was from the circles that we grew up in. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah, 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 will. Yeah. All their parents say, read Lewis. You know, he's great. Except for some of his views that most people don't seem to be aware yeah. of are actually counter to some of our views. He, he wasn't reformed at all. In many ways, yeah, yeah. And which I find he's, he's definitely the... He is the biggest heretic that is constantly encouraged by every reformed parent that their kid read wow massive generalizations there but yes let's just and out of heretic stand. is a category that needs to be defined better. <laughs> but it's still funny to me that, that like, but still i was yeah. very encouraged by reading the space trilogy mm-hmm. and hearing his christian values yes come out in the characters because mm-hmm. after that i listened to very entertaining books very thought-provoking books if anyone's read I Am Legion, I Am Bob, that series by Dennis C. Taylor, awesome, very interesting, very interesting. Look it up. Um, huh. But uh, We should do the same. We should do the same uh, warning that Owen and I had to give yeah. midway through, which is a bit late, is any books that we discuss or tacitly recommend. I'm not tacitly. I'm strongly recommending this. I don't fully know, as I don't put it this way. If you already... Well, let, let me finish my thought here because otherwise otherwise it won't make any sense okay. if I do finish it later. Um, so after reading Lewis, then reading Dennis E. Taylor's science fiction, I realized the total lack of Christian morality mm-hmm. coming from the author and reflecting in their characters. And although I did love the characters and how it was all put together, there was, at some points, you can honestly... Put your finger on it and say, these are the author's moral stances. Right. And he is encouraging them and pushing them to you through the main character, who you love because it's the main character. And quite frankly, his main characters are awesome. Yeah. Um, but they're not Christian. Right. And it's not as uplifting as the ones where Lewis does the same thing but pushes Christian morals through to you. 100%. And yeah, it's a big, big difference. Yep. Anyway, so season what you read. Kind of s- switch yeah. it up. I think that's wise. Yeah, but which is uh, which is part of... Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. If Especially if you're listening to this and you're of the younger persuasion, talk to your parents about what you read. It's really important. Because yeah, yeah. both of us, uh, we haven't really gotten into any darker or harder books, but both of us read books that are difficult and i think it's important to read books that are difficult but 
discernment is really important. And often we will read, you and I both read books that we disagree with, frankly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be- because we disagree with them, we read them, right? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, sometimes it's a struggle. There's a book I was reading. Um, I don't know if Owen's going to listen to this, but he'll know which one I'm talking about. Terrible. I, I His views on... on I shouldn't say this. Um, it's not views. His emphasis on who he thinks Christ is, right, ground me so badly because it was read by the author himself. Right. So I knew I wasn't like, and I was listening to it on Audible. Um, I knew I wasn't interpreting too much inflection or emphasis, um, because it was his voice, right, and he was emphasizing things about Christ that are true but way overemphasized sure. to the point where he was smacking religion. I mean, A, he never even he never even fleshed out what the term religion or religious meant. Right. He just smacked it all the way along and and says, you know, just worship Christ, everything religion is garbage, you know. Mm. And I don't think he cared to define it because he wants the reader, I believe, and maybe he got burned by some religious institution or something in the past. He wants them to attach their definition of religion, whatever that might be. Just chuck it in the box because who cares? We're chucking all this out by the end of the book anyways. Right. So anyways, uh, that those books are hard to read. But mm-hmm. it did help open my eyes to how some you know, liberal Christians, I think, would see and view Christ. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was a hollow shell. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, you can have, you can find Christians with really radically different views. Um, but it, when you listen to them talk about Christ, often they have, like, a, just a sincere love mm-hmm. for, for the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. And in, in such a way that it's like, we're brothers, we're mm-hmm. sisters, or you're my sister, whatever, right? Like, you are yeah, a Christian. Yeah, the author had that, but he had oh, he such did? detail. Okay. So he had such love for Christ. But what I don't understand is he had such detaste, it seemed, for the for body. Religion? Okay. I don't know yeah, how okay, you can hate the body that much and love the head simultaneously. There was something yeah. wrong. Gotcha. Um, in fact, it. I'm not even quite done the book yet. Okay. It's been Are a you struggle from, from the word go. Um, right. There was a point where he, he said, well, look at this situation in the Bible, painted it all out. Um, and most of what he uses are just personal epitaphs. Or things that he liked from nature, meaning, oh, this points who Christ is. Because, an epitaph. Yeah, that's totally wrong. Isn't that um, what goes on? Enology. There we go. Yeah, epitaph. You should be an epitaph at the end of this <laughs> book once I bury it. Yeah. I don't know why that word came in there. It's just a nice word. Let's, it is a nice let's word. Put it, let's use epitaph a couple more times somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, appreciate you calling that out um that's the, and that's the thing about a podcast is i've been thinking about it so since i said the word i was like that was a wrong choice i i just like how that sounded in my mouth it's a nice sure. word um yeah anyways he he portrayed a biblical story in a certain way in a right. certain light and said this is how these characters were linking doesn't this show you how christ is and i cracked the bible right open knowing there's no way that's what's implied here and right in the text it says, no, this is what was going on, 100%. So what he's saying is against the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is what they felt. This, it says it right here in nameless Scripture. Nameless book that you... Yeah, um, I, w- okay. I don't want to... I don't even want to... Like, uh, don't then. Don't okay, then. If you don't, if you don't it's feel... called The Beautiful or Beautiful Outlaw. Okay. 
uh, by, by John Elridge. Okay. I've, I haven't heard of or read I'm that. I'm not either. a fan. Um, if someone says, oh, it's something like Dane Orland's Gentle and Lowly, it's nothing like Have Dane Orland's Gentle and Lowly. Uh, I've I've listened to deep podcasts on it, and I've read parts of it. Okay. So really, really good book. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Any, f- from Dane Orland's mouth, as he talks about his book, he discusses um, the balance of Christ as, you know, how he's portrayed in Revelations, how he comes as the conquering king who bears justice, mm-hmm. a wrathful Christ. I think we we don't say that much, but he's a wrathful Christ coming back to judge the from world. From gentle and lowly? Yeah. That's yeah. not... This is straight from the author's. I'll send you the podcast afterwards. It might be the author. That's not definitely not the focus of the book. It's not the focus of the book, but knowing that the author has this opinion right, makes right, a right. huge difference. Right. So it's a it's an author who can write a book on the love of Christ for sinners and the love of Christ for you. Yes. And yet holds a balanced understanding of what God's attitude towards sin ultimately is. A hundred percent. I know what Christ's attitude towards sin is. You know. Yeah. He sacrificed himself for it. Mm-hmm. to bring it to justice but he has going to bear justice he's going to bear the sword he comes back as the victorious general mm-hmm. uh, things that the back beautiful law would never would never address never talk about now uh, maybe he does at the end of the book i don't know yeah i don't see it going that way but anyways whoo that got me heated <laughs> <laughs> It's what what heats me up is it scares me because I think people read this and say, "Oh, that's who Christ is. He's just nicer than us." Right. So it's just got to be nicer. Yeah. No, he's he's like, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." At the end of days, mm-hmm. like that that doesn't mean much. Just coming from someone who's nicer than me it means a lot. Coming from the commanding general who won the field. Yeah. And from. God, who loved Amen. us so much that he decided that the human race, the human project he created, was worth saving. Human project, he, a little bit of Bible project <laughs> language coming through. It, you know what? The Bible project is, among other things, taught me, like, freshen up your words because we use a lot of Christianese. So human, human <laughs> yeah, but project. what happens is the Bible project becomes your new lingo. I, sure, <laughs> I've noticed this in people who digest one substance of podcast for a while or one type of podcast for a while. Eat myself too. Like I'll even when I tell a story that's mm-hmm. similar to the way the narrator sounds. I mean, Dan Carlin. How many times have I switched yep. to Dan Carlin voice when sure. I've been listening to a lot of Dan Carlin? Anyways, carry on. God loves us. <laughs> he loves us a lot. And he, he does. And his human, uh, does. whatever you want to call what we are. He loves us so much that he he entered into the his problem. His image bearers. Image bearers. There we go. That's a good word. I don't I don't know if image bearing, that phrase, is, is in the Bible explicitly. That might be another Christianese phrase. I believe it is. Um I mean, the idea is, is at core, core. I think even in the New Testament, it talks about being man being made in his image. Right. And Christ is definitely talked about that way. Right. In the image of God. Yeah. So, and Christ is man, so. Yep. God loves us. Yeah. He became us in order to be the perfect one of us and then bear the sin of all of us. Mm-hmm. The sin we commit even right now. And then we, like... Because he sent his spirit to us. 
we have like the opportunity to be born again, new humans, the humans that we were supposed to be, but we screwed up mm-hmm. and then you can be free from sin. Mm-hmm. That's like, we're so used to that. It's such a, like a common, yeah, Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins. It's mm-hmm. like becomes this trite phrase, but like <sighs> meditate on that and let that like oh, grip yeah. you. Right. One of my favorite phrases to talk to people who I've just, you know, met or or got to know, and it turns out that they're Christians. I said, you know what? Like, how awesome is it that we met, that that we're sharing this? And even if I never see you again because we just met on the plane or we just met on the train, we are eternal beings. We can remember this conversation. We can... You know, we've built each other up in this moment or we've prayed for each other or yeah. I will continue to pray for you or, or vice versa. Please pray for me. Yeah. Um, this is not meaningless, but we are eternal beings. And just the amount of times, like, the first time I thought about it, my eyes were like, whoa. And seeing their eyes, you know, I remember an electrician I work with in Arkansas and he was just like, whoa, young man, you just blew my mind. <laughs> like, sure. I, I never thought of it that way. And you know what? The, the scary thing one of the, the most scary things for me is forgetting that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just, sorry, I, there's a little thing with the audio for a second there. Let me get back on track. <laughs> the times when People I look... We're going to be bored. We talk for so long. That's, that's entertaining. We'll finish up <laughs> with this. For us. <laughs> for us. Um, the times when I'll go weeks, months, whatever it is, and not really grapple with that mentally mm-hmm. and just exist you know mm-hmm. kind of do the christianese thing you know you can do a lot of bible studies and service work and all kinds of all the and all kinds of you know the things that that a follower of christ should do but not really grapple with like you know what just 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 enjoy that the immensity of it yeah the intensity and, of that. and just and, and, and coast you know purpose like and and sometimes i do that and then you you kind of like at least for me i'll come back to it and i'll be like Mm-hmm. I've not, thought, I've thing, not yeah. thought about that properly. I have the same thing. Oof. Honestly, the last two weeks were not great weeks for me. Yeah. Um, my uh, my daily cycles were a little slack. Um, little slack, very slack. Mm-hmm. I, just a lot of things going on, and and the Bible was not wasn't essential as I'd like it to be. Right. And, and I struggled. Like my demons knew what was up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they knew right away. It's like oh, huh. The wall's weakening. He yeah. is not being strengthened every day. He is not doing his devotions. He's not with the Lord in prayer very often these days. He's too busy. He's got too many things on the go. But I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like a wave up and down. And God just... That's the beautiful thing about faith. Mm-hmm. It's it's a trust. Yeah. Even through the troughs. Yeah, it is just a solid that rope that ties you to the boat that God's say reeling you in on. Um, it's still there no matter if you're on the crest of the wave and you can see Him pulling, or when you're in the trough. Yeah, and knowing that really is what keeps encouraging me. And honestly, friends that come alongside and yeah. say, "You feel that pull still? That that rope standing sure. out? No, stop this nonsense. Yeah, and get in the Word." marinate in God's word and just yep. pray for that Holy Spirit to fill you. And lo and behold, you can see him yeah. pulling again. And 
Hebrews calls Christ like the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of a scary, th- it's a scary thing and a beautiful thing. God will forcibly rip you back to the place he needs you if you don't submit and, and, and go there, you know, nicely. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, that's a scary thing. Cause I've, I've been there, man. Like you get slapped hard. If you, if you're selfish and you're just, you're, you're being a self-indulgent and you, you start looking at your kingdom and that becomes your priority. Yeah, yeah. Home and, empire building. Mm-hmm. But God <laughs> loves us enough to, to, to be like, what is it? Is it Hebrews as well that we loved? We love our fathers and they disciplined us. How much more should we love Christ? Because he is, there's a, I'm paraphrasing heavily. I don't know if that's Hebrews, but. Possibly. Might be. There's a lot in Hebrews. <laughs> Great book. Oh, seriously. Have you, have you ever read it from, from cover to cover? No. Well, the boys do, Bible study do it, that once. Do it. It is so worth it. Like. Yeah. You see, it's it's one of those letters that is so long that it's hard sure. to just see as a letter, but it is yep. a letter. I've only done it one time, admittedly, but it was awesome yeah. to see it as a whole letter put together and then afterwards break it down Yeah, and not read it chapter by chapter. It was It just made sense. The chapters didn't seem so like, okay, change of pace here. Sure. <laughs> you know? Anyways, would recommend. Yep. That's a that's a good thing to do with any book of the Bible if you can mm-hmm. read it straight through, mm-hmm. especially some of the ones that are. I like to do that with Psalms from the beginning. <laughs> Just kidding. I would never do holiness that with flex there. No, <laughs> my level of spirituality. Is the Psalms such are beautiful. That. Is that they just work kind of on their own? To be honest, yeah. yeah. I don't know that you get a whole lot more just reading through them all in one go. Probably you do. There's there's stuff there. I heard one. Um, I was at, I think I was at TBS for one of like their courses just for kicks michael and i went up there to to see if we wanted to to go there and i think one of the guys one of the professors said that you need to read if you read a psalm you need to read the two before and the two after to really understand that psalm mm, interesting. and there's some structure some even pro- between pro- the, the couple books that are in there that i don't know <laughs> but Carry um on. There's some probably some chiastic structure. Yeah, that's why I like right? Psalm one. You only have to read one and two, and you've done your duty. <laughs> yeah. Well, those definitely one and two are like are opening the yeah. book, right? And and they do it really intentionally. Psalm one, honestly, there's a friend of mine who uh, he sings it with his family. Hmm. Even his very young kids, um, they can't read. Um, while they're getting there, he sings it with them at the table every night. Yeah. And it is beautiful to hear their voices. Not beautiful because they're singing in tune, but beautiful to hear their voices come in when they know the words. Yeah. And for me, even like when I'm with them, to sing it and to understand blessed is the man who, who walks. Not in the way of, the, of sinners and mockers, but in the way of the Lord. Yeah. For he will flourish. You know, to sing that and recognize what that means. Like, uh, I pray that one day I'll have a family to teach my kids that, you know. And to encourage them, those are the songs that you'd want to resonate in your head. You know, I don't, I don't know if you have this, but for me, I do have a psalm from my, from my childhood that I, that I learned from the Genevan Psalter, and and I'll never forget it. And I sing it all the time when I'm down. And honestly, I can't sing it well. It's got an awful tune, but it's four lines, and it just reminds me of who I am, who God is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I pray my children will have a song like that as well. Yeah. What's there's one 
I don't even know what's called. Like, uh, now I'm gonna forget it right now. It's oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Mm-hmm. All because mm-hmm. we do not carry. Take it to mm-hmm. the Lord in prayer. Yeah. That like that line, like that little Beautiful. snippet. I think about that a lot. It's just like mm-hmm. you're 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 like you're putting all of this on your shoulders. You doofus. Take it yeah. to the Lord in prayer. That and that uh, for me, that's been helpful. I like that little song. Yeah, it's yeah. A really, it seems like a child, like a kid's song, you know. Yeah, mine. It honestly sounds. I remember learning in kindergarten. It was like, um, it's very simple. Like, I love the Lord, the fount of life. And yeah, grace. yeah, we've got that song. He heard my voice, my cry and supplication. Mm-hmm. Inclined his ears, gave strength and consolation. In life and death, my heart shall seek his face. I remember singing that over and over. Yeah. Like on repeat in times. And just coming to tears knowing that that's who God is for me. Yeah. Warren, do you want to end this here? Sure. Sounds good. Let's do that. It's been a good time, man. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to this podcast's conversation. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and sharing and all that jazz. It's immensely helpful. I'm all about having meaningful, interesting conversations. So if you know of someone I should talk to, hit me up on Instagram at itsthevolk. Have a good one, guys.